presented by BP. Good morning, everyone. I'm Playbook co-author Ryan Lizza. It's Tuesday, September 26th. In five days, the government shuts down unless Congress passes a funding bill. There's a lot going on today, and here's what we're watching. At the White House, President Biden heads to Wayne County, Michigan, to join the United Auto Workers picket line. The White House is saying that this is the first time that any modern president has joined a picket line. In the House, Kevin McCarthy will once again try to pass a rule to advance a spending package. This time, it's several appropriations bills that hard-right Republicans have demanded. McCarthy lost two similar votes last week, so it's a make-or-break moment for him in gaining some semblance of control over his conference. But the Senate will return to the spotlight in a big way today. First, Chuck Schumer will hold the first vote on that chamber's attempt to move a continuing resolution to keep the government open. The latest plan is to keep Ukraine funding out of that CR to make it a little bit more palatable to the House. But this will also be the first day that reporters can ask senators about the bribery indictment of New Jersey Senator Bob Menendez. So expect that to eat up a lot of time on the Hill and expect a trickle of comments throughout the day from Democratic senators who will be swarmed by reporters. And all eyes will be on one person, New Jersey Senator Cory Booker. And now to break down the latest about the Menendez scandal and where this is going is Matt Friedman, author of New Jersey Playbook. Matt, thank you for doing this. Good morning. Good morning, Ryan. So yesterday, Menendez came out, he spoke to the press, and a number of other political players came forward with what they think he should do. Break down the the big events of what happened on Monday. So the senator held what was billed as a press conference. I wouldn't call it that because it was just really an in-person statement. Yeah, no questions, no press conference. That's our view of this. (laughs) Exactly. So he didn't take questions and he made a statement. He tried to explain the huge wads of cash that federal authorities allegedly found in his apartment. And his explanation is that uh, he's old fashioned. I believe those were his words. And he collected, uh, he just took it out of his savings accounts over the years. We're talking, I think, something like $580,000 in cash. This is a guy who makes $174,000 a year. So it kind of defies belief. But, you know, I uh, none of us right now can prove it's not true. But I'll tell you if that's the excuse. I mean, certainly federal authorities should be able to go look into his bank accounts and see if he really has withdrawn that amount of money over the last, uh, I think, as he claimed, 30 years. I think those records presumably should exist at least for the last 15, 20. That's a good point. So they'll be able to figure this out. In the indictment itself, is there any evidence that the feds put forward that contradicts the claim? Well, I, while we can't call it evidence yet, what they claim is, yes, there were fingerprints on uh, one of his co-defendants, uh, this developer, Fred Davies. His fingerprints were allegedly on some of the cash, as were his drivers. So once again, the feds, you know, preemptively sort of rebutting Menendez's claim there. I mean, and he did not, ex- he did not try to explain the gold bars, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it sort of de- defies belief, but, uh, you know, this is New Jersey. It just, there's, it's the second time, uh, in this indictment since this indictment came down that I was re- reminded of the Sopranos scenario where, uh, Paulie Galtieri, uh, tries to rob, um, his mother's friend in the, uh, in the retirement home because that's the way she keeps her money. And he hears her talking about it and decides to go get it. And, uh, she catches him in the act and well, no spoilers, but it doesn't end well. 
So, you know, I, I think your politicians in your state do make it a little too easy and on the nose with these scandals. A little originality, please. In all seriousness, Matt, the one thing that really interests me is New Jersey politicians are throwing him overboard, coming out, saying he should resign up and down the ballot. And I want you to tell us a little bit about that. Whereas in Washington, they've been much, much slower. Uh, I think the count this morning is three Democratic senators have called for his resignation at this point. Nancy Pelosi last night was on TV and she said he probably should resign. Tell us a little bit about this difference between D.C. and New Jersey. Well, one of them is that New Jersey state elections are in odd years. So in November, the uh, entire state legislature is up for election in New Jersey. And it's not a good look for your senators. There are already having a tough year in the state Senate and Assembly for Democrats. They control both. But by margins that in 2021 became much smaller, they've got some headwinds on the issues. And to uh, be you know, to have your party defending a senator who was found with uh, wads of cash and gold bars and Mercedes and all that, that's, you know, not a good look, extremely difficult for him. So the vast majority have come out. There's also, you know, these people all stuck with Menendez the last time he was indicted, which granted was a much less on its face damning indictment. Not a great way, if he's guilty, not a great way to pay those people back. Right. I mean, they've already stuck with him once and and they now, thanks to anti-Trump backlash, he did win the seat by a relatively comfortable margin. But the race, Democrats had to spend a lot more money on that race than they normally would in New Jersey, a state that hasn't gone Republican in the Senate race since 1972. So to have him do this again, only much worse. And this alleged corruption literally started, you know, within a year after he skated in the last case. And and I think you can look at the last case. Menendez talks about it like he was innocent. I think he's used that word innocent the last time. Like, look, I sat through that trial. I would say that the prosecutors had a weak case, but I wouldn't use the word innocent in terms of being pure because I thought his conduct was not what you, anyone would want. His conduct that is not disputed is not what anyone should expect from their elected officials. As, Matt, who are you watching as um, uh, today? The Senate is going to be back in session. Um, they are going to be hounded. Democratic senators on the Hill are going to be hounded in Washington today, and reporters are going to demand a response from every single one of them. Who are the ones uh, you think we should be watching? Cory Booker. Cory Booker and Cory Booker. This is a guy who's very <laughs> close with Menendez, stood up for him last time, big time. But also, let's let's think back to Booker's career. And, you know, most of us who are a little bit into politics, the first time we were introduced to this guy was that movie Street Fight, where you had this, you know, real go-getter reformer in the machine politics of Newark, working against the machine, fighting corruption and Sharp James, who would later go to federal prison for corruption. That's really where Booker built his name and built his reputation and would eventually become the star he is today. You know, Sharp James's corruption looked like tiddlywinks compared to what Menendez is accused of right now. And Booker, Booker has said nothing. He has to say something eventually, but, but I think we're all waiting for him. Come on, Senator. Out with it. I know it's not easy, but, you know, we, we don't send you to Washington to make easy decisions. So let's hear what you have to say. Where do you think he I, I don't you know, I don't want you to speculate, you know, wildly. I know this is a difficult thing to predict, but what's uh, how, how do you what's he weighing here in this decision? And how do you think he might which side do you think he'll come out on? It's really hard to say why. I, I think it's because they are close I think it's because there's there's a bond there and a loyalty, and Menendez is very much prizes loyalty. As far as Booker goes, he has to worry. You know, he obviously ran for president once, 
Someday maybe he wants to again. I don't know if this will exactly be the first priority, but it's uh, I think he needs to worry about his own sort of squeaky clean reputation. And frankly, he could afford to be Menendez's biggest defender last time. But this indictment is a lot worse. And uh, it's it's really hard to defend this uh, if if unless the you know, unless the federal authorities are really just making stuff up here, uh, it's really hard to defend this. And Menendez's press conference did not exactly provide any new details that would make someone like Booker or one of the other senators confident that they were, you know, if they're going to step in front of this bus for Menendez, that the guy's got a solid case, at least from what I saw. And, and you know, at the lack of officials, the lack of public officials at Menendez's press conference was, uh, was glaring. I'm not sure there was a single elected official there. Matt, thank you. Thank you. And join Politico on Wednesday, September 27th for the inaugural AI and Tech Summit. The event will tackle what the public and private sectors need to do to sharpen our competitive edge amidst rising global competitors and rapidly evolving disruptive technologies. Our own Eugene Daniels will be sitting down for a conversation with Senator Ed Markey of Massachusetts. You can register online now through the link in today's playbook. I'm Ryan Lizza. Thank you for listening. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. Those are just two of the ways BP is investing in America. See more at bp.com slash investing in America.